can we overcome challenges and does it make us stronger and do you believe that we can beat all us to achieve our dreams well we can find out in this episode in this episode i interview michelle steiner who has a learning disability and she's going to tell us how she was able to beat all us to achieve a dream stay tuned and don't forget to follow this show like read and share enjoy welcome to elevate with bridget i'm your host bridget adofo hapon bridget is an author a motivator and a content creator today we have a special guest here we have michelle steiner here with us she's an agent of transformation and impact she's a disability writer speaker photographer and para educator welcome michelle to elevate with bridget oh thank you so much for having me bridget i appreciate it so can you tell us uh, more about yourself if i haven't mentioned anything aside what i have mentioned right now you can add up to it Sure, I would be happy to. Well, my name is Michelle Steiner. I live in the United States with my husband, Ron, and our two cats, Jack and Sparrow. And I work in a school uh, with students that have uh, disabilities and some who do not as a paraeducator. So I'm a teacher's aide. And I also work as a disability writer, photographer, and speaker. And I have my own blog called Michelle's Mission, where I write about having a learning disability. And I have a little store for my artwork. And I have a forum where people with disabilities can connect. And I, myself, have a learning disability. Yeah, okay. So I'm glad for this view because I also believe in social intervention, things related to uh, sustainability and helping people around. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us how your journey started with the learning disability? Sure. I was diagnosed with a learning disability when I was in kindergarten. I was my parents' first child and they really didn't have a lot to base on what normal development was. My preschool teacher thought something was going on, but my parents decided that they were going to send me to uh, kindergarten. And when I was in kindergarten, my teacher noticed I was really having a hard time with academics and social skills. And she recommended that I get tested for having a learning disability. Uh, some of the things I really can remember struggling with was uh, tying my shoes, visual perception, dot-to-dot uh, dot pages were another big thing, and eye-hand coordination. And my parents consented for me to be tested, and sure enough, I had a lear- I have a learning disability. And 
after I was diagnosed, I had to repeat kindergarten the following year in a different school in our district. It was still a public school, but I had to have kindergarten along with uh, the beginnings of specialty services uh, for learning and accommodations as well. Okay, okay. So, uh, I wanted to know what type of learning disability did you experience? Because I know there are lots, a lot of types out there, like you have different, different types, dyslexia and those. So, what were you experiencing? And what was the name? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, whenever I was first diagnosed, uh, it was just an umbrella term of a learning disability. But what I officially have is dyscalculia or dyscalculia, depending on how you pronounce it. And I have uh, visual perception, but that's in my brain, not in my eyes. And I have limited hand dexterity. And I was not diagnosed with the limited hand dexterity until I was an adult at at an uh, evaluation. And... All of a sudden, everything just, things started to click of why I struggle with a lot of things once I got that diagnosis. Okay. So, going back to your childhood, when you were diagnosed with it, how was the feeling like? Were you okay? I know as a child, there will be a lot of thoughts. And sometimes, maybe you might not know, but later your parents will tell you that this is what you have. How was that? experience like when I was really young I was really frustrated I can remember just wanting to learn like my peers did I can remember uh, being frustrated when I would try to do something and I would fail at it and I just I thought that life was always going to be difficult and the only way to be happy was for me to get rid of it and I can remember my parents they never gave up on me. They told me that I had a learning disability and that I learned differently. And having that information was really helpful, especially when uh, I had a lot of my peers who were telling me other things that I wasn't smart or acceptable. And my parents uh, gave me the correct information. And my view on my disability uh, changed throughout my life, but I can remember it was hard for me in, in the beginning. Yeah, so uh, when was the time you decided that I have to accept who I am, what I am experienced? Like, what time did you experience that? I think when I uh, accepted that is when I was an adult in my late 20s, when I went back to school and I was getting my bachelor's degree that I was told I couldn't do. And once I got that degree, I knew that I had a disability that wasn't cured, but I was all right with that. And I had that confidence that, okay, this is my life. I might have a learning disability. I may not be able to drive. Uh, math might be difficult for me. But it's okay, and that just gave me the encouragement to be able to help other people the way I do now. Okay. So did you ever had a situation where you thought, oh, I need a strong manifestation to turn things around so that I will experience this thing again? 
Right. Oh, definitely. I can remember thinking that uh, that I always wanted to have that uh, right math program or that right uh, miracle that that would work and would cure the disability. And while that hasn't happened for me, what has worked for me uh, to make me feel empowered is definitely to be able to focus on the things I am good at. Uh, and to avoid doing the things that I, I simply can't do and not dwell on them. I found out early on that I was good with reading and speaking and with writing. And when I focused on doing those things, I definitely felt a lot better than whenever I was doing stuff that made me feel uh, defeated. Okay, okay, that's it. So back to your, uh, I'll say, personal life, um, education, mm-hmm. training yourself. Um, how was the experience like, especially in the tertiary education? How were you able to cope, to be able to uh, complete what you wanted to achieve? That's your dream of becoming a teacher, educator. Right. Yeah. Well, it was a it was a hard journey for me, but I knew that I always wanted to go to college, and but I was hesitant because I had I knew that I was going to have difficulties because of my difficult with math and with uh, my disability, and I wasn't alone in that. I had a learning support teacher who thought I could not go to college because of my uh, disability, and. I also had a psychiatrist who told me I would not go beyond uh, community college. And I even had a professor once I got there that told me that I would have limited job choices. So it was really difficult for me uh, with having hearing a lot of people saying that I couldn't do things. And there uh, was definitely a stigma with using disability services on campus. But... I was able to get my bachelor's degree. It uh, took me a little bit longer. I uh, had that. I was on my own for a while after I had my associate's degree. And then I got that chance to, when I moved back in with my parents, to, to go back to school. And I was also able to do that because I found the right program. And I also uh, found that using accommodations is what made that possible for me to be able to get my degree as well. And I believe there's, there's so much energy behind it because it wouldn't be easy with the societal to say the noisy environment. Yeah. <laughs> <So the> environment, <laughs> believing in school of noise, everyone is saying their opinions, you have to do this, you are this, you are that. So what kept you going? Right. I think my motivation was I wanted to be able to help other people to be successful in their life and to be able to have that. And that was my motivation was to do that. And I also knew that I was in the right program and I loved the program I was in. I got had my bachelor's degree in community programming for Americans with disabilities. And that is the service end of uh, working with people that, that have them. And I felt uh, that I learned more about my own disability and I learned about other people's uh, experiences with them and ways to help them. And that was a big motivator for me. So you wanted to 
help them so that they can also do what they have to do to make their life better, right? Yes, definitely. So, what were some of the coping mechanisms you did to develop um, things or you developed to overcome um, all your fears, all your challenges regarding the situation you were in? Well, one of the big things has always been uh, disability accommodations. I always need to find a different way to be able to uh, do things. I can remember some of the first accommodations were having the test read aloud to me when I was younger. And sometimes just hearing the words really helped me. Uh, extended test time was another thing that was really uh, important. Just giving my brain that extra time to process information. I think it's also uh, learning that I don't have one particular learning style. I need a wide variety of ways to be able to learn and take in new information. And whenever I do have to learn new things, I have to be able to uh, get that time to be able to learn them uh, in chunk, like learning things through small chunks of information rather than just uh, one big uh, idea. That always helps me to give my brain that extra time to do that. And I also had a note taker when I was in school in case I missed something. And it was also really helpful because I don't have great handwriting because of my disability. So if somebody else was studying with me, they could read uh, the note taker's handwriting rather than my own. So with that thing, were you using something like audio to record to make the person easily understand your handwriting or something like that i was uh i had the same uh curriculum and the same test as everybody else did when i was in college i just had the uh the accommodations to help me be successful i had extra test time i also had uh i had the option to have somebody read it to me but i i didn't do that at the college level and i also had tutoring uh, extra tutoring that was available for me as well. And all those things really uh, did make the difference. Okay. So it means that your college that you attended us gave in room for you to be comfortable, right? Definitely. They provided a lot of options for me so I could uh, learn and I could be successful along with my peers. And that was just, that was just wonderful that I was able to go to a university that was understanding. Okay. Okay. That's good. Because it's, I believe it's not every institution or even businesses organization that allow people to give room to, for them to learn or easy way mm-hmm. out. I don't want to say easy way out, like make them feel comfortable in whatever that they want to do. Right. Uh, Not every university does offer that. Uh, Some private ones, uh, some some don't, but more are offering disability services. I do know in the United States, if they receive federal funding, they do have to provide uh, disability services. But if they don't, they're, they're not required to. So that was a big thing whenever I went back to, whenever I was going to school, I needed to find a place that that did offer those services. And even more importantly, uh, 
I needed to have a place where those were accepted by most people. And I, the, the first time it was difficult when I was at community college, I, I didn't have uh, as much support with, with staff and faculty. But when I went to university, I found a really great program and I found that most people got it. I had one or two professors that may not have understood, but uh, the majority of them, once I explained it to them, were very uh, understanding and very helpful. You know, you also, you mentioned that your parents also, like, they advise you, they encourage you that this is mm-hmm. what is going on in your life and, like, they made you feel comfortable in whatever that you were doing and the college too you attended also make uh, Mm -hmm. things easier for you to be comfortable did you experience group of people who try to motivate you encourage you to keep forward to where you are now because Per what I have heard from you, you have a lot of titles you are a para educator a teacher, Mm -hmm. a writer yeah, mm-hmm. you have a lot of titles. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyone motivates you, encourage you, Rachel, go forward, keep on going. Like those kind of things, those people who can support you, whatever that they can, and wherever that they can. Did you experience something like that? I definitely. As I said, my parents never gave up on me. They went to all the meetings at school about my. Uh, education they uh, helped me with my homework Uh, we've had a lot of tearful homework sessions together and a lot of joyous ones where i was able to be successful i had uh, staff that worked with me at school i can remember i did have a few uh, really good teachers that I worked with. I had a wonderful student teacher that encouraged me and told me I could go to college. And sometimes her voice is what I heard whenever school got really tough when I was at college. I also had some, I also have great friends that were there to, uh, be supportive and helpful. Uh, we still, uh, hang out 20 some years later. We're still friends and I can just remember when I was going through a really tough uh, class, uh, they were there for me. They couldn't uh, fix the problem. They uh, obviously couldn't uh, help me a whole lot with the class, but they were my friend. And just sometimes just having that support was great. Uh, my husband is wonderful for helping me as well. He takes me to work in the morning and I have a great coworker that makes sure that I get home safely in the, in the afternoon. And I just have a wonderful support system in my life. Okay. Wow. I, I could see that you have a lot of wonderful people around you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Because I believe that like whatever dream that we have so far as we start the universe will provide people who support us. I believe in that. I believe yes. that when you work on your dreams, you don't need to sit down. Imagine if you sat down and said, oh, I I have learning disability, so I will not go anywhere. I will sit where I have to sit. I, I won't enroll mm-hmm. in a school. I won't do anything because people say to me, I am this, I am that, but you manage to stand up and move forward to achieve your dreams. Wow. And congratulations on that. 
Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so you know there are lots of people who have learning disability and there are lots of stereotypes going on. Mm-hmm. So what advice will you tell uh, people who are experiencing that to push forward with their dreams, keep on doing what they have to do to be happy and mm-hmm. live a better life? Well, the first thing I would encourage people to do is to know what they like and what they're good at because everybody has something that uh, they're wonderful at and that they can bring to the table and something that definitely is an interest. And I'd also encourage people, once they find that interest, to be able to find a way that they can do it. And to uh, keep in mind that success may not always come in the package that you think it's going to come in, but sometimes it comes into something better. And most importantly, not to give up on their dreams and, and, and their goals. Yeah, I love this advice <laughs> so much. <laughs> I want us to journey through your writing. So how did you discover that? Oh, I love to write. So how was the journey like? Well, I remember when I was little, I wrote a story about a dinosaur and my dad read it and he said, this is pretty good. And that just encouraged me to start writing. And I had to be, uh, had to be second or third grade. And my dad always read a lot of stories to me. And I just started writing from that point. And I can remember I joined a writing group, which was really helpful, uh, especially whenever uh, I was struggling with my peer with bullying with my peers because of my disability. And I was able to find a, a group of people in a neighboring school district over my age and they wrote for a newsletter. So that, that made the difference with finding that acceptance. And I have a writing group that I was, you know, I definitely uh, found throughout the community and we still meet 20 some years later and I had a friend that told me, you really should write about having a learning disability. And I can remember telling her, oh, I think that's really personal. I, I don't know if I want to share that. And I think I wrote some bad poetry, some other really cringeworthy things that I would not want to read out loud today. <laughs> but, maybe, maybe at that time. <laughs> yeah, at that time, Yes. <laughs> But when I finally wrote about my struggle with having limited hand dexterity with opening up locks and it got published on the mighty, I can remember the pride I felt in that and the joy. And I found that other people were wanting to connect with me and they were saying, well, that I struggle with that. And that encouraged me to write more articles. And it also encouraged me to uh, start my blog as well. Okay. Okay, that's nice. I know, I know with your story, I want to ask you this. So, do you have you authored a book before? I have had three stories published in an anthology, uh, this past summer. And yes, but I have not yet published my own book yet. That is definitely something I would like to do in the future. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait for that time. (laughs) <laughs> I believe this this podcast will encourage you to maybe write a memoir or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would love to. Do, yes, definitely. Yeah. 
year. So, what was the motivation? I know you you did it because you wanted to help people, but what actually pushed you? The drive behind writing. There are lots of different writing. There we have business mm-hmm. writing, but why did you decide that I have to write in this category, disability writing, or something like that? I felt that whenever I wrote about having my learning disability or just different parts, whenever I write about different parts of that, it's very healing for me. It gives me a voice where I can express how I'm feeling and what my life is like. And I I just think that's empowering to be able to have a voice. Yeah. Because sometimes there are lots of things inside of us that we have to bring out. Mm-hmm. For people to read, to encourage people, to impart people. Yeah. 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 So I think sometimes when you write, you even read your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and write exactly. yourself. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Can you share with us some turning points? Uh, in your journey where you think you achieve success with the learning disability. You want to hear about the super power of the <laughs> learning disability. Well, definitely uh, getting my bachelor's degree was like one of the definitely the turning points because I was told like it would uh, most likely not happen. So that made me feel uh, amazing that, that I was able to and very uh, proud of that. But I can also, uh, there was another point where I started taking pictures and I had someone that encouraged me saying that I had that ability, but I didn't realize that I had an artistic side. I thought, okay, I can write, but I, I can't draw a straight line. And everybody was telling me, oh yeah, people with learning disabilities typically are visual. And I can remember I started taking pictures and I had one woman who encouraged me. She looked at my picture and she said, uh, this, this picture shows you have perspective. And that was just really encouraging because I had one of my peers looked at it and said, why did you take a picture of a tree? But somebody else could see that ability in me. And I can remember I was, we were at a family wedding and I took a picture of these angel, an angel at a cemetery, a concrete one. And I had a friend who, was very particular and when she was looking at my pictures she said wow this is really good and I thought oh my goodness I might have something if she if she likes these and I remember I put it in a show and I I think I won like honorable mention or something like that and that just encouraged me to take more photography and enter them into shows and place them into uh, magazines and I can remember, uh, you know, I've had a lot of people that'll tell me, you can bring out the details in a flower that other people miss. And part of that is I'm not able to drive because of my uh, visual perception. And I'll be in the passenger seat and I'll ask my husband, did you see that? And he'll be like, no, I'm focused on the road. And I get a chance to uh, sit in the passenger seat and be able to pick up on things that other people will miss with driving he's getting a little bit better at this because he hears these interviews where i talk about this but uh and then i'll get that chance to go back if it's local and take that picture of a flower that i saw and be able to share that with other people and incorporate it with my writing and also to be able to have it on a 
merchandise on my store as well. Wow. <laughs> I like this. So I'll say your superpower is more about creative mm-hmm. and imagination. And it's cool. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, it's cool. I like this quote from Pablo because it says everything that you can imagine is real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and with my first book, I wrote this quote that imagination makes it possible to experience a world inside of you. No one knows the world inside of you, only you know that world. So imagination that's what i define it by my own understanding yeah yes i like that definitely yeah because i believe like we see a lot of things someone will see different thing another person will see different thing so they often say this because beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder so everyone has his or her own perspective of things in life and Mm -hmm. what people say shouldn't deter us from being creative or achieving our dreams and our possibilities yes definitely because i think everybody can um be able to achieve their dreams or find something that's close to it and it's just about uh keeping your options open and uh yeah using creativity to to be able to find uh for what you want to do okay okay as a writer did you had some tools that really helped you to write well or something like that definitely uh one of the things that has helped me is i may uh, i'm able to type because my handwriting is not that great so people can understand uh what i am saying i also definitely use grammarly and i use uh hemingway uh editor which helps me out with with that. Okay, nice. So apart from that, that's the only things that you use. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, nice. And listeners, if you are enjoying this show, I'll love you to share your opinion, share your lessons, your takeaway points in the Spotify interaction box or share it on Elevates with Bridget uh, Facebook group. Okay, let's continue. So, as a para writer, so what's your number one success story regarding your experiences? The most successful story I have was on the Mighty. Was about my that I'm not lucky that I'm not able to drive because I can remember. Uh, people saying to someone saying to me a long time ago you're very lucky you don't have to drive and uh, I explained to the person that there's benefits to not driving and there's also some disadvantages too Uh, and what that opened up was I was able to talk about some of the experiences that I had with not being able to drive and I found out that uh, a lot of other people with disabilities, they experience some of the same transportation barriers that I have. So what advice will you tell us if someone wants to be a writer, a disability writer, what advice will you tell the person? 
The advice I give to someone that wants to write about disabilities is, first of all, to not be afraid to, is to write and not to be afraid to share their story, uh, and to look for different places that, uh, publish people that have disabilities with their focus and just to definitely not be afraid to, uh, share what their story is. So do you have any project going on? Maybe you can talk about your blog or anything that you like listeners to learn from. I'd be happy to. Right now, I am working uh, on my blog. I am trying, I have different themes on my blog. I have uh, ones about, uh, we, we have different themes about having a learning disability. I've done one on traveling with this uh, disability. Uh, that was inspired by, uh, taking a trip to a Down Syndrome Congress, uh, in Florida. And that was my very first trip that I've ever traveled, uh, by myself. And it inspired a lot of different articles uh, about how we, uh, travel and things like that. And okay. I, yeah. And this month it's, uh, Learning Disabilities Month. So I'm, I have a lot of uh, information on learning disabilities for the month of October. I interviewed someone with ADHD. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he shared his experience and mm-hmm. creating an app to help himself and other people too. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> okay. It's, it's nice meeting you today, and I hope um, my listeners have grabbed a lot and a lot of lessons from this episode. Oh, well, so, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> okay, okay. You didn't share your social media. Um, sure, I would be happy. I would be happy to. You can find me, uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm also at my blog at michellesmission.net. Listeners, I hope you have heard Michelle and you have learned a lot from this conversation. We are telling you that you shouldn't give up. You should continue dreaming and work on your dreams, work on your passion, whatever that you want to achieve in life. Go for it and you can achieve it thank you and stay blessed see you in another episode bye bye